was that a joke? <laughs> it's a... Uh, I don't know. I feel like I had to say something there, and it's just words. You know, um... <laughs> Morning, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We're a good podcast about bad books and movies and TV and stuff. This is episode number 270. Ooh. We have now done as many episodes as the number of electoral votes it takes to win the presidential election. <laughs> hey, that's a lot. Yeah, it, it felt easier than I would imagine. I mean, we're not presidential yet. Yeah. But we but collect still. them at a slower rate. They try to do it one day, we do it every week. Yeah, but we get one a week, so I mean... We're president now, right? I think, yeah, I think the last one we just got was one of those weird Florida counties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All precincts reporting in. It's us. <laughs> Speaking of things that are difficult, this week we're talking about The Truth About Charlie, the 2002 movie with a few surprising act- actors in it, right? Yeah. <laughs> kind of a surprising cast. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg as, it's hard to tell who. <laughs> Many different yeah. people. Mark Wahlberg different- has no fewer than three names. Yeah. <laughs> But super charming. I'd date him. This week's episode is sponsored by Vicente from Spain, who, uh, by way of Los Angeles, who said this, This film is at it way too easy for too long. It's about time justice was served. And I think as long as Mark Wahlberg's wardrobe, and his beret in particular, get mentioned, the world will be a better place. So. Fair enough. You have requested it, Vicente, so so we do it. That was a funny beret. Wasn't it a great beret? <laughs> <laughs> It was an amazing beret. He never wears a hat that looks good, Mark Wahlberg, <laughs> in this it's entire movie. He switches type. between... Maybe he has a hatless body type. Or just like a squished head, <laughs> where his hats kind of eclipse him, where the beret takes up <laughs> half his head. You know, it should be off to the side, it should be a nice angle, and, and yet he just, he looks like he's wearing daddy's beret. Total eclipse of the head. <laughs> that's, that's what happened. If you want to force us to read or watch anything of your choice, you could choose something that's had it easy for far too long. Uh, go to readdeathweep.com, sign up on the mailing list. We'll have new episodes available in a couple weeks. Uh, let me introduce you to your panel. I'm Alex Falcone on Twitter at Alex underscore Falcone. Joining us in Brooklyn, New York today, he's at C. Walter Smith. Please welcome back Mr. Chris Smith. Hey, I'm a kind of short American guy. Pay no attention to my real name or that French singer guy who just hangs out in the hotel room. What? Reading. I didn't get that singer guy thing. <laughs> Well, it's just like whenever you play the radio in Paris, there's so few French songs that the artist himself comes to your room and sings. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it, it's, uh, it's a union job. <laughs> they just wait. They get paid. Like, what if you changed the channel and it was like, you too? Would that would Bono have showed up <laughs> in this movie? Bono would have just been like smirking in the background. Yeah, well, in France, he's contractually obligated to do so. <laughs> so weird. Also joining us, she's at the Tanya Best on Twitter. In Brooklyn Studios as well, it's Tanya Davis. Deception! That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> Is that there might be some deception There in might this be movie? some deception. That woman's rendering of a song I'd never heard before, which I can only assume was called Deception, <laughs> <laughs> was truly horrifying. <laughs> also, we have a very special guest today joining us from the Flophouse podcast. It's Mr. Stuart Wellington. Hey guys, I'm Stuart. Uh, hey. At Flop House Cat on uh, Twitter. Yeah, at Flop Cat, uh, which is sad to me to learn that it's not just a cat; it's actually you. <laughs> you it, it thought it was me, just yeah, a, yeah. a cat the whole time. I follow several <laughs> cats on Twitter, and that one turned out to be a person. 
Sure. <laughs> Most of them aren't. They're actual cats. <laughs> yeah, that's what I figure. Uh, so also, Stuart, you were requested specifically uh, by Vicente, who's a big fan of your show, and he wanted to oh, force great. his will upon you, and ours show was the easier way to do it. To go. Does that make sense? <laughs> nice. He's gaming the system. He, I like it. Was, it. it was a bank shot to Tricking get free me. time. Yeah, tricking me into watching this thing. Great. <laughs> well, it works. So uh, you guys haven't covered this on the Flophouse before, I assume. No. So, and I, I've never seen it. I uh, I had wanted to until it was released and heard terrible things about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted to until I saw it, and then I wish I could have Tixie's Bexies. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to until about midway through the opening credits, and I was like, this might not actually be good. I had a bad feeling. Stuart, you guys are doing a, a live show coming up in January, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for people who aren't familiar, I am one of the hosts of the Flophouse uh, podcast. We talk about bad movies, uh, have some yucks, etc. <laughs> Elliot and makes fun of you doing... for misspeaking? Uh, mainly Dan. I never misspeak. <laughs> and we, uh, in, in January, we're going to be recording our first ever live episode at the Bell House in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, 10 p.m. on January 9th. Is that uh, oh. tickets are tickets are still on sale? But is that going fast. part of the Podfest or is that a separate thing? It of course is part of the Podfest. Nice opening night, oh, right fun. after uh, right after one of our uh, our I guess label mates. What is that? Network mates. Mm-hmm. Uh, Risk is doing a show at eight, and we're going on after. We nice. had we had a very awesome. good time at Podfest a couple years ago. So and I hope you guys have a good time there as well. Uh, yeah, uh, me too, I guess. It's our first time doing a live show, so it might be totally terrible. Yeah, it'll probably be fine. Yeah, it's going to be great. I One of the things that I found when we did our first live show is that people were surprisingly willing to just watch us sit at a desk and talk like we normally do. They're just happy yeah, that's, about that. Uh, I, I thought I might have to wear some kind of a funny outfit or something to keep people's attention, because obviously I think our normal recording setup is kind of boring to look at. Yeah. I mean... People I mean, that's true. You do need imagine to wear a whatever. silly costume or something, like a chicken or a cigarette or something. Or something thematically appropriate, depending on which movie we watch. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's true. No spoilers yet. Yeah, Chris did dress as a wolf cop for our live video show. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty good. Uh, let's find out about this movie. Oh, wait, actually, yeah, yeah, let's find out about this movie, because this movie is great. Chris... It's a great it? summary. Wait, what? No, it's oh. a great summary. This movie will be great to hear you talk about, I meant. Oh, okay. Uh, Chris, I would like you to summarize in the style of a French guy not making too much sense. <laughs> okay, I'll do my best. Uh, so, the truth about Charlie. Uh, Charles, as they say. Uh, Charles was a shady character, you know? Uh, he went you, to you foreign lands. You can do that if you want. Yeah, I could really stop. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so Charlie was a shady guy and, uh, made some money off the U.S. government in a, in an operation that went wrong. He had a, a squad of a few people and, uh, he made off with the money and, uh, escaped the other people and the other people want their cut. Uh, the only problem is that Charlie is now dead. Uh, Charlie got killed on the train. Um, and his wife, played by Tandy Newton, uh, is Greek. That's how you pronounce it? I always thought it was Thandy. Huh. <laughs> I think it's Tandy. You're probably uh, right. I, always, yeah. I went with Thandai. That's how I did yeah. it. <laughs> Thandai Newtown. Yeah, Newtown. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Tandy is uh, is grief stricken. She, you know, doesn't really know what her husband was up to. She just thought he was yeah, an art dealer. Instead also, of a doesn't shady. know what he did on the train before he got murdered. 
Yeah, well, he was he was cheating on her. I don't know either what was happening. There's <laughs> a naked girl, and then clothes. he's totally he just, yeah, but he's, he's totally dressed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, he was he was just helping a woman put her clothes on by watching her. He was checking her for melanomas. <laughs> but she's just getting dressed, and he's in a fucking three piece suit. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah she, also wearing like a a rose bush in yeah. his pocket. <laughs> yes, a pink rose bush. Yeah, <laughs> he was checking so, her for ticks. So, yeah, Charlie's this shady character, and he has, like, a few different passports and all this stuff. Tandy doesn't know this until uh, he dies, and the cops go to her and are like, hey, here's who your husband was. He was he should have had all this money. Where's the money? And she goes, what, what, what? I don't know anything about the money. Which Where is why, and I, I always say, talk about your secret double lives to your wife before you get murdered <laughs> so the cops have to spoil it for her. Because it's just well, a hard way for her to find out. Yeah, but, you know, there's plausible deniability there, right? She could have been interrogated and, and not been able to tell them anything. Yeah, but you also don't want her to be too surprised by the police, you know? It's I just, Yeah. I, open lines of communication. I mean, but you're dead. It's not like, what do you care? You're a ghost at this point. <laughs> well, it's not like she's not going to make your meatloaf when you come home. Like exactly. Ghost yeah. meatloaf doesn't exist. <laughs> exactly. She just gets home. Her husband's dead. He's liquidated all their assets. He has ripped out their entire apartment, like all their art, all their furniture, all her even clothes. Even light gone. fixtures? Yeah, even the light fixtures and her clothing. There's exposed and... wire hanging out of the wall. That's how thoroughly <laughs> he liquidated that. He's like, well, can I get $2 for this light fixture? Yeah, and so he was going to go... Is there, a, like, a Parisian Craigslist or something? Yeah, he just... <laughs> He wrote a really that clever works at ad. lightning speed. Yeah. Oh, my God. And so he was going to take her clothes and the chandeliers and whatever and pawn them for money uh, that he could more easily launder or smuggle or whatever. Uh, but then he died. And so now everybody's wondering, where did the money go? They assume it went to Tandy Newton. Uh, they assume she has it, but maybe just doesn't know. So there's a, a squad, a trio of, of disgruntled former operatives that are tracking her down. <laughs> and wacky characters. And wacky Yeah, white guy, black girl, and Asian guy are... And they the have case. a guy with wires sticking out of his face. Yeah, that was, that was the chief from Monk. <laughs> yeah. Ted Levine from uh, Buffalo Bill from Science of the Lambs. Yeah, exactly. Another Jonathan Demme movie. Exactly. And, and yeah. the wires from The Wire. So that, <laughs> that wacky cast of characters yeah. you can always count on from a Jonathan Demme movie. So yeah. seemingly at random, Mark Wahlberg is also there. And he plays <laughs> Mark Wahlberg as an American guy. And he wants to help Tandy Newton escape these operatives. But maybe he might be in on it. But maybe he might be double-crossing the operatives and trying to help but, but Tandy Newton But what about Newton Tim Robbins? All. Well, Tim Robbins is also this government guy who tells Tandy Newton, you need to give us the money. We're the government. And she goes, oh, I'll help you. And then eventually it turns out he was double-crossing and he was the bad guy all along. And, what a charade. Uh, and Mark Wahlberg yeah. <laughs> was the government, which is also a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. And Stuart, you're right to say, what a charade. This was all a remake of the movie Charade with huh. Cary Grant and Audrey Hepburn. No, but it was a mash-em-up of Charade and and, and, and Truffaut's yeah. Shoot the Piano Player, which makes it so much worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, not that Truffaut makes everything worse, but just that when you try to blend two movies that work nicely on their own yeah. into one new movie with Mark Wahlberg, <laughs> you've made a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, frankly, at the end, they discovered the money was all hidden in stamps, <laughs> which is kind of a fun way to hide mo money. But the second half of this movie is just everyone staring at each other, wondering who's on what side. And then eventually they're like, oh, it was stamps. Okay. Stamps is, uh, okay, it's a clever way to hide money and also a really good way to accidentally lose money in your coffee table. Yeah. Or accidentally burn money in a burning 
thing when they throw the trash fire. Yeah, when she throws the paper into a trash can fire, and everyone goes, "No!" And there's nothing you do. You're like, ah, "Well, they're gone. They're very small. They're already burned." Yeah, Paris is littered with trash can fires, right? Yeah, it's all <laughs> over the yeah. place. And it's all one of the great attractions a, of Paris. And, and they all have a, a cafe au lait boiling on top of them. It's lovely, actually. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, it it tries to be a spy thriller, this movie, and uh, there's a lot of shaky camera to tell you that nothing's reliable, mm. and mm. Mark Wahlberg plays Mark Wahlberg. It's all very strange. This is a strange, unsatisfying movie. <laughs> strange movie. Uh, well, that's so that's the movie. Let's uh, Before we jump into our compliments, uh, we got to do a little sub-hype. I forgot up top. Uh, we have to thank our new meat buddy, Leanne. Yay, new meat buddies! Thanks for joining us, Leanne. Thanks Welcome, for Welcome, Leanne. Thanks yeah. for... Oh, that was weird. Uh, I know. <laughs> sort of like a step into my lair kind of thing. You didn't I even to... call her a thoroughbred, so that would have made it even weirder. Welcome, my thoroughbred, Leanne. <laughs> well, uh, we really appreciate you helping... Hi, keep, Leanne. ...keeping this uh, <laughs> Zeppelin in the water and uh, and and the show on the tracks. And uh, so thank you, Leanne. Uh, if you want to become a meat buddy... You can go to readdustry.com slash meet buddies. Um, and we'll be, we'll be thanking Leanne some more throughout the show. Uh, let's jump into our compliments. First up, uh, Stuart, as the guest, you have the right to go first or last in the major compliment, the opening compliment. What do you prefer? I'm, g- I'm going to go first. So I, I just give one compliment at a time or both. Just one right just now. Just one. Like a shotgun blast. Just the other one at the end of okay. the show. It's a compliment sandwich. We start and end with a compliment. Though this movie is not shot particularly well. Uh, they do get a lot of use out of uh, the city of Paris, and it's very yep. rainy, and it makes me want to go to Paris. Yeah. To hang out in, so the, in the French rain. Yeah. I like burning my trash on the street <laughs> yes. corner. A lot of options. Yeah. And that smooth French. There's hip-hop. like a, what is that, like a flea market? That looks nice. Yeah. yeah there's flea a, market that's a Ferris closed. wheel in Paris. Is that called a Paris wheel? I don't yep. know. <laughs> <laughs> they, but you want to find out. He, I didn't he, even realize is that is sir. the Ferris wheel a, a is that a third man reference? What's that? What's going on there? I I, I don't know. I, don't, I, I don't. thought they were just in London for that part. I'm not very smart. Oh <laughs> no, you're probably right. <laughs> probably not. Uh, maybe I don't know. Did what? Didn't they take a train to London at some point? Now I'm confused. They, they started to, but they didn't. They get, started to, but they, then a guy yeah. had a heart attack, so they had to stop and turn back. Oh yeah, I got super confused. Mm-hmm. And by a guy, you mean Ted Levine. Yes. Yeah. That's Ted true. Levine, the guy from Monk. Yeah. And from... TV's guy from Monk. <laughs> he did have a heart attack uh, because he had a poor heart condition and then was startled by seeing someone unexpected. Unexpectedly. Yeah. You've got to be a pretty unexpected person to kill people by appearing on a train. Or that's a super jumpy Ted Levine. Well, but I also, I don't know, I see people uh, sometimes who look, like I see people who look like people that I used to know. So my first thought would be like, that's a guy who looks like this person who's dead, but it probably isn't because that person is dead. And his right, first thought was You have to like check attack. them for birthmarks before you could be sure and yeah. then get startled and have a heart attack. Yeah, before you have yeah. your heart attack. Exactly. Think about it. You also don't live in a world of smoke and mirrors. Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> and tradecraft and things. That's true. Uh, Tanya, why don't you be second? What's your major compliment? Um, I guess I the opening credits were okay. <laughs> <laughs> what were those I liked about? them. I thought they were kind of fun. What were no, they like? I well, they. I think there, there was some sort of snappy French music, and they kept showing maps and various like. Oh yeah. Things I I don't know, and the the font seemed 
uh, carefully thought out. Like I liked that it contrasted with a lot of like the map type faces and stuff. So I felt like maybe we were in for a treat and I was like, maybe they're wrong. Maybe this movie is great. And, uh, I, was, I, I also right thought we might be in that. for a treat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For like the first couple of minutes, I was, I was a little skeptical <laughs> that this was worth mocking, especially and since I, I tend to like Jonathan Demme's work. So that was, that was another disappointment. <laughs> also, yeah. uh, Megan was sitting behind me on the couch, not listening to the movie. She thought, hey, that looks like it might be a fun movie. I wish I was watching it. And then like 10 minutes later, she decided probably not a good movie. Was it just so, because there were a lot of like weird close-ups on people's gaping mouths? I, yeah. At first, it was the whimsical uh, the font, I think, that drew her in. And then the fact that the movie was just mostly meaningful glances for the rest of the time. Yeah. I think that's what turned her off. Yeah. Uh, my major compliment, I'm going to go third is uh similar is that i went into this movie absolutely cold i did not know anything about it and i don't do that very often all i knew was that one person thought it was overlooked by other movie podcasts so i didn't know the genre i didn't know who was in it and that is actually kind of a fun way to watch a movie for the first few minutes try to guess like is this a rom-com is this is there going to be a car chasing a gang is there going to be demons like what? just <laughs> is it going to be a car versus gang <laughs> what kind oh, of movie sorry. is that a, a car chase gang uh, oh yeah like sure. fast and the furious <laughs> Uh, or is it going to be like a weird live action intro to a Pixar movie? Like you really don't know for a few minutes and that's kind of enjoyable. <laughs> I enjoyed the yeah. mystery that the possibility that uh, anything was possible. And it's so, got a vague title. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It's, exa- it's absolutely part of it. Cause like the truth about Charlie could be that he's an animated Pixar character. I was going to say the truth about Charlie could be that his real name is Nemo. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Or it could be like a horror movie with an evil kid. Yeah. yeah. Right. Charlie's actually a demon. Or Charlie is secretly into driving in his gang, which is interesting because they don't call him Charlie very much. No, like even 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 Thandai doesn't say my husband Charles. The truth about Charlie is or that he prefers to be called Charles. Charlie. <laughs> she, yeah, she usually calls calls him Charles. So yeah, Charles Lambert, Charles Lake, oh, Charles we? a lot of things. Uh, Charlie Lambert. Yeah, is that a different? Was that a one? Yeah, it was Charles. Yeah. I thought it was yeah. always Charles. Yeah. There. Never Chuck. Charles. Yeah. <laughs> He's not a Chuck. <laughs> Never see Diddy. A lot of things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chris, it's your major compliment time. What's, oh, yeah. What's um, your so this, this movie did almost nothing new uh, for me, except it did one thing in movies that I really, really liked, uh-huh. um, which is it showed how hard it is to have a conversation between someone who is showering and someone who isn't showering. <laughs> There's this part where Tandy Newton's in Mark Wahlberg's hotel room, and he's like, hey, where did you get that thing from? And she's like, what? And he's like, that thing, where'd you get it from? She's like, huh? But then you can also sort of see her through the curtain. Yeah, you can kind of sort of see her boobs. Um, I like that. What voice was that? Yeah. What was that sneaky boob voice? Sneaky boob. No, but it's just really difficult if somebody's to yell through a door and over a shower. And it seemed like a terrible thing for Mark Wahlberg to try to do. And uh, Tandy Newton told him as, as much i'm also her. intrigued by this idea that someone just goes to someone else's hotel room and takes a shower alone yeah well she landed from the caribbean and then her apartment and all her clothes were gone so she had no other clothing oh that was her first shower oh, okay that's that reasonable. was her first shower in more than a day oh yeah yeah then she really didn't so. even enjoy it enough because that would have been a pretty good shower yeah instead you got marky mark yelling at you about something yeah she's got a plane stink on her 
she does and and uh uh you know she couldn't have shouted it on home because her husband liquidated her shower head and all of yeah, her soap and the towels and the <laughs> shower curtain <laughs> the curtain rod even the rings which i think you're supposed to pass on to the next tenant sold the yeah. rings but man given the high-end stuff it's probably like cartier shower rings or something still you don't i mean then put back the originals when you move out that's a psa yeah don't be a dick, Tandy. <laughs> Seriously, Fandy. <laughs> did she? Yeah, did she ever move out? I don't think that's official. She could throw like a pretty awesome party there. Well, actually, that would be a fun party, uh, unless you wanted to turn on the lights, which are gone. Trash can fires, dude. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Just because the trash can's full doesn't mean we can't fit more. I said, just because the trash can's full doesn't mean we can't fit more. All right, let's do our anchor segment. Let's do our hate segment now. Uh, so let's let's talk about our hates about Charlie. So, in any order, what's something that you thought was not stellar about this? Why, why didn't you like it so much? I'm happy to go first. Please um, do. I'm, you know, Jonathan Demi does this in some of his other movies, but in this one, it seemed especially obnoxious. There were a lot of people shots of people looking directly into the camera, center framed, meaningful and it glances. Just made yeah, it made no sense. Like at the, oh my god, the worst example of this is at the end of the movie when they're just looking at that French singer from out of Mark Wahlberg's government office and they're just standing cheek to cheek looking into the camera and smiling affectionately for what seems like a very uncomfortable period of time. It's, but when you film a conversation, when he does this so much of the time, it's like film one person full on from six inches away and then cut to the other person talking full on from six inches away. And it, it's really unsettling. Did you like that more or less than the, look at them from the ceiling camera oh um or from the floor or from the point of view of the dead body yeah yeah there were some weird point of views on this i like there's like a there's some rules in filmmaking about how you get like less disoriented and i would say one of them is never make me feel like i'm clinging to the ceiling <laughs> it's weird yeah <laughs> there were some weird shots and i i don't think that like sometimes you have some interesting inventive shots and it looks cool or like you know it's it's experimental or anything like that i think it detracted at least for me away from any good qualities of this film well as disorienting as they are they're better than the some of the early shots like when she when she has the i guess meet cute with uh mark Wahlberg. oh yeah and the shot just keeps fading off to the right <laughs> <laughs> or when they're outside the airport and the the camera keeps spinning around their heads. Oh, the spinning! Like, yeah, that was. Really I don't know amazing. if I'm just hungover or what. The, <laughs> stop I was it, car please. sick for five minutes after that. Turns out he's a bat with a camera. That's just like how he captures everything. <laughs> <laughs> just keep circling. It's fine. So I, I have some questions that are not exactly hates, but didn't she have a kid at the beginning of the movie? I thought it was her friend's kid. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. But that was never really established. Yeah, you have to assume that because the child is never pictured again. It's like one of those hotels where you can rent a dog for your stay. Oh, yeah. While they're in the Caribbean, they rented a child for the stay. Yeah, a, a comfort child. <laughs> There's a lot that the super wealthy are able to do on vacation that we don't normally know about. Yeah. <laughs> I Okay, so, uh, okay, how about this? Were they actually all at a dance club together later or was that a fantasy dream thing <laughs> was that not a, only was were, that, were they... that was the dream ballet oh. <laughs> not only is there a part where all of the major players so that the two detectives mark Wahlberg, tanny newton the government people guy, who have sworn and to kill all each the other they're all yes. enemies they're all enemies but they're all on a ferry boat or something that uh the, the second boat? deck of the ferry boat 
Yeah. That was on a boat? It was. It was on a boat. <laughs> Uh, no, it was because that girl came out and got hit by a car in the street outside. No, it was after they docked. That was after they docked. Spoiler alert. Serious? Yeah, the low ceilings, <laughs> the weird pillars, the scene on the boat right before, they were I just guess. below decks. The, and there was the, a dance club where a singer who was poorly singing the song that Tanya opened the podcast with. Oh, the deception and, song. Yeah, it was deception. like some, some tango where you, the dancing and all the switching of partners is meant to make you feel like it's hard to follow the action. I, That's it. I don't... Okay, but why are they not killing each other? They're, these are people who are trying to get... Like, they it's killed France. Charlie on a They're train. They're civilized. They don't kill each other on boats. It's not sanitary. And it's... I think it's... it's that guy on a train. It's part of the mismanaged tone of the movie. Like, the <laughs> yeah. misman... Like, either trying to be a serious thriller or a playful thriller. Who knows? What a deception. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so why does she... Here's my other question. Uh, why does she just start dating the guy who just admitted that he killed her husband? Like, she was like, okay, fine. Look, you're lying to me about everything. Let's start over. Let's go on a date. Why is that well, the way she tries to ferret out information? He's shredded, no, dude. He didn't kill her husband. He, but he said uh, he did. Tim Robbins did. Tim, Ro- Tim Robbins killed her husband. No, but but Mark Wahlberg said that he had killed her husband. In order oh, to get right, those right, other right. bad guys to believe him. But I think, as Stuart just pointed out, he took his shirt off in front of Sandai, and then oh, it was all over. And he is yeah. cut up. Except for that he weird is. tiny head. He did seem oh, pretty cut up. Just like a big bag of lettuce. And she's in France, where all those guys have, like, yeah, they all... She's in France, where they all have, like, wineskin bodies. <laughs> <laughs> and here he is, showing up like a some American beef. Like a beer skin. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's real. Yeah, but then he does insist on trying to be as French as possible while wearing turtlenecks and hats and things like that. It's it's a strange choice for him, sartorially speaking. Why would he wear that hat? There was no no one else in Paris was wearing that hat. It was like he was like, I'm gonna blend in Paris. Here's my beret. It's not helping, Marky Mark. Not helping. No. Why did she get that dress? <laughs> What was up with that horrible dress from the dry cleaners? With the, like, grids and then the flowers and the sheer and the... Yeah, costuming uh, was a little weird in this movie. All, but so much was made of the... I thought the, I thought the money might have been hidden in the dress. Yes. like, it might have been yeah. a clue from her husband, but that had nothing to do with it. It was yeah, just a dress. He's like, just oh, a I got this dress bone. for you to dance with Mark Wahlberg in. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I did definitely thought that was going to be something. I don't know if that's a technically a red herring but i thought the dress was important but it did allow for that one great line uh we checked on your dry cleaning and what happened it was ready <laughs> that was pretty good that's right because the note from her husband is just so pedestrian yeah. like hey yeah. i'll be back later uh you know uh, i hope you have fun alone in paris yeah, ch- i got these renoirs on the line <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm so like that's so pedestrian like oh i got a lead on a basquiat <laughs> <laughs> i mean he is an art dealer that's what he does but not really <laughs> Yeah, but not really. He was not an art dealer, so that was just what he thought his wife would believe an art dealer would say. Sounds like an art dealer. Yeah, he googled artists. (laughs) (laughs) Big, important artists. Paris, question mark? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) AltaVista.fr Also, also, why did uh, the secretary never bring him his tea? Because Mark, oh, Mark, she was a bad secretary. <laughs> he came in so, and, and he was like, uh, there was this weird pregnant pause with the secretary where she thought he was going to say he loves her or something, and then he just asked for tea. 
and then she just never brought him the tea for the rest of the movie. Well, I mean, the rest of the movie was like a minute. Yeah. Way, no, it was no. Cause you, you said so yourself. It was like a six-minute dancing scene. Oh yeah, that was crazy. And yeah. and, and it was, it, everything took too long in this movie. But also, the secretary was seen following the singer guy around Paris. Um, oh yeah, end, she was just in the background, like watching him, enamored with this old singer guy. I mean, you would so. be too if he was just like if Bono was just wandering around Paris yeah, singing. He's, he's great. Yeah, it's French Bono, basically. That's <laughs> what so we call him, French Bono. Yeah, uh, it was an odd. Yeah, very little made sense in this movie. And for all that, what do we get? You know, stamps, I guess. I don't know. Stamps. Are there <laughs> really three stamp stamps kids. that are worth th- $3 million together? Was it only three? Or whatever, some number of millions of dollars? Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was six. There, there are some really rare stamps out there and some really eccentric people who would pay too much money for them. How did she know all the stamp facts? Is that something I, I missed when she, like, boned up on stamps? She's a stamp dealer. That's her profession. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, they never explain what she does. Right? So. Yeah. It's like a montage. Cool. <laughs> she, she's hitting the stamp books. There was you didn't see this, but there was a, a letter that she wrote to her husband that was like, "I got to go to the Caribbean. I heard there's a big name stamp there. There's a upside down flippy stamp worth a bajillion dollars. Oh yeah, that upside down plain one that everybody really likes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I don't. I'm sure I don't have to Google most expensive stamps. Fr because I'm sure they've already done it for the movie. And those were literally them. Those are the ones she was shouting about in the rain. Yeah, yeah, probably. Also, when the police officer lady is in bed with her mustachioed partner counterpart, and then is they it both true? wear wedding rings. Are they married? We don't know. Mm. It's France. It's France. Nothing matters. Question mark. Yeah. <laughs> but does she salute him while he's like on top of her, or <laughs> was that a peace sign? What was that? I'm sorry. You're yeah. talking about this is the police officers you're talking about? Yeah, the yeah, reveal she when yeah. she's in bed. A salute. She That's gives fun. him a little, a coy little salute, like... Like, duty calls or whatever. Yeah. Gotta get off me and I, we gotta go solve some crime. Yeah. Or whatever. She just, was weird. She was a weird detective. She wore one fingerless glove. <laughs> she did her. And I didn't get I that. that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, she could only have half and her, her friend had the other one and they walked around. Oh, yeah, their best friend's glove. Yeah. That's a pretty good idea. Also, it's possible that she was just and wanting to make that, sure she got fingerprints the- on everything. <laughs> is that the is that the glove she wears to hold her gun? Because doesn't she get her gun taken away from her? If she wasn't wearing that glove, she would have been fine. Yeah, yeah that glove is is very sticky. Or the one day she forgot her gun glove. Man, <laughs> <laughs> what a day to quit carrying your gun glove around. <laughs> This week's episode was sponsored by read-weep.com slash Amazon. Go to that address when you buy your Christmas presents, and we'll also get a gift from you. Meanwhile, in the Read It and Weep mailroom. Mail, 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 Hey, failers, I was going through our spam folder, and I noticed something weird. What is it, Mailbag Tony? Did you mysteriously lose all those compliments we deserve to get but haven't yet? Uh, well, not exactly. You've received hundreds of fan theories over the years, but they all end up in the spam for some reason. That spam filter is excellent. It probably caught those messages for good reason. I don't know, Butler Bot. The other weird thing is that some of these make a lot of sense. Apparently a lot of people think Chris and Ezra are the same person. Well, 
Mailbag Tony, I mean, sure, I hear you. I, I just do two slightly different voices to express the different parts of my personality. Yeah, sure. And then I get brought in because you are getting tired. Sure. I thought about that, but when I listen to the show, I usually assume that Ezra was dead the whole time. <gasps> oh, like he died reading Twilight in the first episode, and then this podcast is just his personal hell? Hey, uh, Mailbag Tony, is there one in there that thinks I'm secretly James Bond? Uh, let me check. Uh, nope. Good, because I'm too great at being a spy. Oh, this one's weird. I think Ezra is a time traveler, and this is a podcast recorded in the future, trying to explain what went so wrong with the whole world to his kids. Huh. Does that make us his kids? Impossible. In the future, there are only robots. Butlerbot, what do you think you are? A British man's ghost. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Take a gander at this one. The podcast is just very complicated slash fic for Twilight? Wait, which one of us is Edward? And when do we all have sex? It's a really long con. Well, I'd read slash fic about you guys. Huh? What? Well, I would. Pip, pip. Is there one in there that speculates I'm secretly Batman? No, 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 there is not. Good, then I'm hiding my secret identity very well. Ugh, there's a really long missive detailing how you exist in the same universe as everything you've ever reviewed. Wow, so like, we're in Panem, but also Skippy the Bush Kangaroo? Terrifying. And, of course, lots of folk reckon you're an elaborate hoax by Amazon to get people to buy stuff on the theory that there's no such thing as bad publicity. Sure. I guess that makes sense. I mean, I'd never buy Highlander 2 on Blu-ray for M and Alfred, but if I did, I'd get it from read-weep.com slash Amazon. That's a good point, and I'm definitely not sending copies of Model Land by Tyra Banks to all my friends, but if I did, I would use read-weep.com slash Amazon. And, well... I'm not going to buy another 10 fleshlights, but read-week.com slash Amazon would be the place to do it. You mean as a gift? No, for me. I mean, not for me. I'm not doing it for myself. Got it. Go to read-week.com slash Amazon whenever you want to buy a Christmas gift, and a portion of the proceeds support this podcast. And then our long con will be complete. Hey, Tony, is there a theory in there that I'm secretly Swamp Thing? Yep, and Man-Thing! Good, because I'm not that. I'm Bond. Batman Bond. Uh, Alright, you guys, uh, so for our newest meet buddy, Leanne. Hey, Leanne. Uh, we're going to do a lightning bonus round compliment off of nice things about Leanne. So this will be just a nice little 30-second clip that Leanne can have to take with her if she's ever feeling a little bit down. Uh... I'll start. Uh, Leanne, your hair looks great today. Leanne, you'd look great in a beret, much better than Mark Wahlberg. Leanne, you're looking hot in them jeans. Leanne, if you had faked the moon landing, everyone would believe that we went to the moon. Leanne, <laughs> you have a really excellently spaced gait. Wow. Leanne, you're an excellent dancer, and don't let anyone tell you differently. Leanne, you've read all the right books. Leanne, you've seen way more movies than all of your friends. <laughs> Leanne, you have excellent taste in uh, everything you've ever touched. Oh, what? I, like, picked up. I meant picked up. <laughs> everything you've ever touched. It's hard to talk. 
<laughs> Let's hope you don't have a dog, Leanne, because otherwise you've touched some leavings. <laughs> that would yeah. be, could be a great dog. Leanne, if somebody had to ask me who to pick in a tandem tag team, uh, two-on-two hot dog eating contest against the world's best hot dog eaters, I would say, no, I pick Leanne because she's the world be- world's best hot dog eater. And then uh, uh, Kabayashi in second. Yeah, that's right. And uh, and we'd kick their asses. I bet uh, we'd take anybody. I think <laughs> with Leanne on my side, how could I lose? Leanne, you smell great today. Weird. <laughs> it's not weird. <laughs> You're telling her about Leanne, what she touches and Leanne, how she smells. Look over your left shoulder. <laughs> Guess who's here? Oh, it's me. How come everything I do is creepy and everything everybody else does is great? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's a it's a gift. Leanne, you're not creepy at all, and you haven't taken any of the things I've said today wrong. <laughs> Man, people can't stop talking about how great you are. <laughs> Leanne, you may or may not be a parent, but if you decide to become a parent, I bet you'd be a great one. Leanne, all your friends look up to you. Leanne, you're a great dancer. Oh, we already did that one. <laughs> oh, well, he had to say it again. <laughs> so true. So look good. at those moves. Yeah, it's a bookend, dude. <laughs> okay, good. Great. That's our Leanne Kevlin. <laughs> Uh, really quick, we have time for one more thing uh, before I have to wrap it up. So, uh, obviously, I'm into fan theories today with that ad. Yeah. I would like, let's do some alternate theories to explain what happened in this movie. Uh, let's try to find some continuity in it, because I don't think the actual explanation in the movie makes a whole lot of sense. Also, it's entirely possible they were still lying at the end. There's no reason why we should believe them then if we didn't believe the three other times when they told us something that they said was the truth. Yeah. Uh, uh so here's an explanation that I have, at mm-hmm. least. So at the end, right, so Tanny Newton burns fakes of the stamps that she has mm-hmm. uh, in front of everybody and then turns the real stamps into the government to Mark Wahlberg and says, here, I'm actually a good person. Um, I yeah, which don't was think a weird those message. were the real ones either. It yeah, was a weird think- message at the end that was like, the person who's the most hurt by all of this is not the woman whose husband was murdered. It's the government who lost what is a very small amount of money to them. Yeah, exactly. So I think that she turned in the fake stamps and Mark Wahlberg's in on it and they're going to run away together with the real stamp. She had two fakes. Uh, and then they're going to, you know, that's the real happy ending to this. Isn't the government is satisfied with its bureaucratic duty. It's they're going to run away with a lot of money. It was so, yeah, it was so easy for her to make fakes with a laser printer. Yeah. When did she go to a, yeah, when did she have a chance to do that? And did well, she print directly onto the envelope? That's not going to look that good. I I mean this doesn't necessarily make sense, but I'd love it if she were like a sort of a like black widow slash war baron who like forced <laughs> Charles into all of these like different secret operative missions. Oh, she was his Lady Macbeth. She was his Lady Macbeth, Ooh. and now she's like reaping the rewards, and she's gonna do it again with Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> yeah. Do you think she has a secret island base? <laughs> yeah, She'd have to I do. at that point, and it's got yeah. all yeah. Of the light fixtures she could ever want. Yeah, you know, uh, fan wrote in with to us uh, this week with uh, a picture of the Baroness. Um, and oh yeah, yeah. I, well, I the bet Baroness was just... more of a superhero than I pictured. Yeah, well, GI Joe's the Baroness worked for Cobra, and she oh. had glasses, and she was bad. She's um, amazing. Yeah, she's great, <laughs> and I bet that's who Tandy Newton is. Yeah, she's okay. like Junior Baroness. So it's like the look on Charlie's face right before he dies is like, finally, I can find release. <laughs> yeah. I'm no longer exactly. under her thumb. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. I like the idea, though, that uh, Mark Wahlberg is secretly the bad guy, and this has all been a long con, and he's secretly an inter- international stamp dealer. Yeah, who just happens to have a cover as a government yeah, sure. person. Well, I yeah. mean, he works the con- under the stairs, so he might just be a janitor there. 
<laughs> That's true. I also was hoping that he was just like a crazy guy that they let stay there. <laughs> he goes <laughs> to like, oh, an back. office building and then his office is under the stairs like Harry Potter. It's weird. Yeah, but it's just like a bucket and, like, <laughs> and some rags in a corner and he like curls up in the rags. It was like another long day. Mm. <laughs> so... So he's either a super spy and this whole dumb spy is just an act or he is just like a hobo who wanders into the set. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a bona fide crazy person. <laughs> it was weird that he was like a genuine government secret super spy. And yet he every time he kept saying, like, it hurt me so bad to have to lie to you. Like, he's a real softy yeah. for a government spy. He's a super softy, at least for Tandy Newton. Hey, hey, hey. Well, that's true. <laughs> I guess if you say hey 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 after it, then <laughs> <laughs> that makes it real. Hey hey hey. Maybe this whole thing was just a long test by uh, Tandori Newton about how it was like it was a long dating test to see who was the most honest with her. Yeah, and she orchestrated or, this whole thing to try to see if Mark Wahlberg would tell her the truth in a hard situation. Yeah. Or what if it was a contest the other way to see how many double crosses everybody was doing? They're like, I can get those stamps in three double crosses. <laughs> I can get it in four. And they're just, she's just kind of waiting out whoever has the most double crosses. You and can't triple cross Wahlberg. a double cross. You can't triple cross a double cross. <laughs> That's what they say. She found, but love finds a way. I don't know. Uh, yeah, man. I, I would also like to think that this was actually a long uh, a long con by Mark Wahlberg just to have a chance to wear those hats. It was just building towards those hats. Yeah, it's hard to figure out if you're a hat man or not a hat man. And I think with this movie, he definitely figured out which way to go. Yeah, after doing after doing a little bit of research into this movie, apparently Will Smith was supposed to play the Mark Wahlberg role. Would that have Oh, you think know. worse? I thought that would have been more charming. Well, well, he's significantly more charismatic than, For sure. than Mark Wahlberg. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I just wouldn't want Will Smith to have made that career decision to be in this Okay. Movie. Oh, I know. Precious Will Smith's career. Whatever <laughs> yeah. will he do? Just looking up Fair for enough. Will Smith's choices. Will Smith's never made a bomb in his life. Let's do the second half of our compliment sandwich now, you guys. We're going to go in reverse order for the second compliment. Stuart, that means you're going to be last. Tanya, okay. uh, you'll be second to last. Chris, you're first. Okay. Uh, so my compliment is for uh, that flea market that's in this movie uh, yeah. a lot. Um, it's kind of cool. I didn't know that there were flea markets that weren't just like pop-up tents and stuff like that, but this actually has like you know, kind of some structure, and people have their regular booths, and it seems like uh, the the merchants really hang out and know each other. Like, there's the guy who made all the money off getting the stamps, who retired, and the guy next door is like, hey, that guy just retired. He told me his whole story. Let me tell it to you. And it seems like a cool place to, like, hang out and hear some stories and maybe get a rug. So. <laughs> yeah, it looked, like a, it looked like a favela village or something. Yeah. Like, I expected the Humvees from Bad Boys 2 to go blasting <laughs> through it any minute. <laughs> It looks a little to me like it looked more like, like an abandoned theme park. It looked yeah. like a nightmare village. <laughs> well, right, and, and but by day, friendly flea market. By night, nightmare village. I also hope that if I ever make like a ton of money and retire suddenly in the middle of the night, that my neighbors don't just tell everybody exactly how I made all of my money. Well, they didn't say where you're, where you were going. He was just like, "Yeah, he went to see the world." Right, but they also he also just said, "By the way, that guy is now a billionaire." Like that's that not. Guy- 
Yeah. You're just asking. Yeah, but he's also dead. He admitted that the guy died right after. Oh. Yeah, it's not like he's like, he's right over there. Go rob him. Wait, why did he die right away? That's not fair. It's That's part of an ironic sad. story or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's not related to anything? He just sold those stamps and then got killed? No, he just died. It didn't say he got killed. Oh. Wait, do you know something? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. I, I'm, sure, I'm sure he lived a, a life. I don't know. They're, they're just words. <laughs> um, awesome. Uh, Tanya, you're second. Oh, no, you're man, second to last. Was... I'm second. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm so, so bad at everything today um, and all days. Okay, I love that the cops were sleeping together. Chris mentioned this briefly, but I like that just we have two cops, and for some reason when the phone rings in the middle of the night, they're in the same bed. I think that's great. I'm glad they found somebody. Uh, I, and I thought it was a fun little character addition to be like, well, we don't really need to know much about them, so... We might as well also yeah. let them sleep together. Wasn't that fun? It's fun. Just a mildly I think it's diverting. Fun that they're just—they <laughs> seem. That, that's a no retreat, no surrender for me. I think. Oh, the cops' relationship. Know, yeah, I'd love to hear more more about their story and how they balance their work life and their sex life and their families back at home and all the stuff. Like they seem like good well, cops. Yeah, and especially and right before we find out they're sleeping together, there's that scene between the lead detective and Tandy Newton where that has a weird amount of sexual chemistry. Oh, and I'm like, oh wow, is she a lesbian? And then like, no, she loves that dude with the awesome, handsome mustache, the, the French mustache. Yeah. yeah, the uh she also did a great job when she had to tell the ex-wife that she was a suspect, which is an awkward moment for every cop. And she handled it really well. She was like, I hope you understand that I just have to consider you as a suspect. That's how this works. Like, she just doing yeah. my job. She was great at it. Totally. I wouldn't want to Deserves make it. Deserves to be in a better movie, basically. <laughs> yeah. well, I think right. so. Um, Tanya, minor compliment. Uh, this is this is tough, guys. I think, really, this just made me appreciate Charade. <laughs> it's really <laughs> yeah. the best I can do. Charade's really good. Charade is great. <laughs> Why? Just, why do they remake time great just movies? Being sad That's about... a problem. Yeah, yeah. I think you should was... only be able to make remake movies with like fifty percent or less on Rotten Tomatoes, where it's like a reasonable chance you'll improve it. Yeah. Can you think of like good remakes? I mean, the only one I can think of is, uh, you know, the Philadelphia Story and uh, High Society being the musical version, and those were both good. Uh, the Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing. You like the remake? I like John Carpenter's The Thing, which is a remake of an earlier movie. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Frankenstein dead and loving it. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough. Wow. Wow. Controversial opinions. <laughs> Controversial I'm, movie that doesn't actually exist. I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are lots of great remakes out there. Maybe write in. Uh, tell us on our Facebook page, facebook.com/slash read and weep. Tell us what your favorite remakes are that are better than the original movies. This got to exist. Nobody write in and say RoboCop because they are wrong. <laughs> oh yeah, you are that... not allowed to have that opinion. Yeah, and I even like that actor, but it was it was bad. Uh, the Birdcage. Oh yeah, I like the new one. I haven't seen the old one. Um, I just googled uh, best remakes. Oh. Some interesting things on here. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, Dawn of cool. the Dead, two thousand four. Oh. It's. I mean, that's not as good as the original, but it's. Yeah. It's got its moments. I mean, it's got a fucking CGI zombie baby in it, <laughs> like well, just I like Twilight. That's what, that's what the game's been missing. <laughs> sure. Ocean's Eleven, maybe. 
Um, oh, they said oh, the yeah. parent trap, which is 100% wrong. The first parent trap was way better. It was better. But the one of Lindsay... little Lindsay Lohan was kind of cute back then. Oh. Ooh, Charlie Herb. the Chocolate Factory. Okay, I hate this list. This is a terrible list. Okay. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, fans, tell us what you like. Yeah, I'd love to hear <laughs> it. Uh, Stuart, that leaves you. What's your minor compliment? Okay, so near the end of the movie, there's a sequence where Tandy Newton is getting back to her hotel, and she is like she's nervously climbing up the staircase, um, following the path of devastation wrought by the intense chase between Mark Wahlberg and uh, the one goon. Yeah, and she eventually find uh, she enters the hotel room that has been torn to pieces. And Mark Wahlberg is standing on top of the ruins of a bed, holding a knife, uh, bleeding from his head, looking like a total crazy person. And I kind of like that sequence. He just looks like <laughs> such a mess. It's the moment and you I fell in was... love with Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> exactly. That exact moment. No, that moment was in the trailer for The Happening. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, so that I, I thought that sequence was... It, it wasn't as good the- maybe as it could have been, but it was at least kind of fun. Yeah, and we both liked it when Tandy Newton entered the hotel. She fell down, and we oh, liked they it. just left that yeah. in. Yeah, that was great. I, oh yeah, that was a good fall. That was a great fall. Why did the cops need to tear the bed apart with him like that? Like, couldn't they just warrant that? Get a warrant for the hotel? Why did it have to be a crazy person? Well, well in retrospect, it doesn't work, but <laughs> in the moment, it's exciting when you don't know where his allegiances lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely created some some questions. So it doesn't hold up when you go back and watch it, I guess. <laughs> Unlike the rest of the movie. <laughs> it was a weird... Somebody put this on BuzzFeed. <laughs> that wraps up our conversation uh, about the truth about Charlie. The conversation about the truth about Charlie. Uh, so thank you so much for sponsoring Vicente. I hope you uh, feel like this has gotten its due diligence now. That's not the right <laughs> one. Uh, it's gotten its due. It probably yeah. deserves worse, to be honest with you. Yeah, have we let it off a little easy again? Uh-oh. I mean, well. we could probably do a couple more episodes on this one. <laughs> so let's watch it again. But we can't because, because next week we have to watch four weddings. So everybody buckle up for that. Oh, the show! The show, yeah. four weddings. Oh, which I this is Colleen's guilty pleasure, and she's earned it. We've made her go suffer through a lot. Uh, although we've also made her suffer through bad TV, so it's weird that her guilty pleasure is more bad TV. But I have also watched four weddings. I have some thoughts. I'm excited to talk about it. Colleen, you're a genius. My yeah. first, my favorite part is when they get a honeymoon that they don't seem like they want. That's the best. Yeah, that's the prize. The so winner like, goes on a honeymoon yeah. you don't know where, and they were like, there was one I watched, her like, your honeymoon is in, in South Africa, and they're like, uh, no. I don't want to go. So I'm not, I'm not familiar with four weddings. Is this the story of one man who has married four different times and has three divorces in his belt? Sadly, no. This is, they get four different couples who are all getting married, and then they all attend each other's weddings and rank them, and the person with the highest score gets a free honeymoon. A free oh, $10,000 honeymoon. Yeah, it's but it's like the Price weddings. is Right showcase. Yeah, it's like the Price is Right showcase. There's a honeymoon, and you don't know what it is, and even if you didn't want an RV, you get an RV. And in the short and in the short term, you have to go to weddings of strangers, and then you get to write bitchy comments about it. It's really fun. 
And you get to have three judgy people attend your wedding. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I like it so much. Anyway, that's coming up next week. Uh, one more shout out to you, Leanne, for being a meat buddy. Read-weep.com slash meat buddies to join the Thanks crew. So much. Help keep this train in the water. Um, and let's see. Thank you for being here, as always, Chris and, and Tanya. Yeah, man. Hey. At C. Walter Smith and at the Tanya Best. Also at Flophouse Cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Stuart, uh, tell us about your comic book. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, uh, the Flophouse, my, the guys who write the, or the guys I do the podcast with, we were contacted by Dynamite Entertainment to write a uh, holiday issue for their Flash Gordon comic book. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we each contributed a, the script for a story. Uh, we did not provide the artwork because we're not art professional artists. artists. Sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so uh, we, we, Dan wrote a story about Christmas. Elliot wrote a story about Hanukkah, and uh, I wrote a New Year's Eve story. So oh, that's nice. coming out December tenth. Uh, that should be in about a week or so. Go down to your local comic book store. Bang on the the counter, demand get, from the shopkeep to give you that comic book. Get there yeah, early and press course. the buzzer a lot of times. Yeah, yeah go yeah. to your comic shop and pre-order it. If you're going Ooh. to indie shops, it's so important that you pre-order comics. Um, yeah. So that way they know to stock it and they don't wind up with a lot of inventory they have to buy back later. Nice. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, congratulations. That's a, that's a cool Thanks, thing. Thanks, man. It's a big deal for us. It, yeah. yeah. It's, it's definitely a big deal. Also, FlophousePodcast.com cool. has gotten super huge. So yeah. you guys have blown up. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, it's it's just something we've been doing for seven years. And for a long time, I thought Dan was just recording it and storing it in, <laughs> like, a basement vault or something. Uh, private collection. <laughs> exactly. He plays those tapes while he's bathing. <laughs> You're right. That's the creepiest time to do that. <laughs> Well, so yeah, if uh, if you're fans of uh, movies or bad movies, listen to our show. Yeah, definitely. We we really appreciate you having you on, Stuart. Thanks for making the time. Uh, no Thanks for Thanks adding for... an extracurricular bad movie to your schedule this week. <laughs> uh, I'll have to thank my wife for letting me watch it uh, and take over the TV for a Always while. thanks to the wives. That definitely is something we don't say enough. Uh, all right, we'll talk to everybody <laughs> next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.